Welcome to I Am Energy. I'm Becca, your spiritual guide, teacher, energy healer, and master mindset coach. Join me each week to elevate your personal development and spiritual journey. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire, educate, and guide you to heal and step into your highest power. Around here, there's no playing it small. It's time to activate your true potential. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I can't believe how quickly summer is going. Uh, almost into September, which as much as I love summer, I also kind of love September to get back on track and just kind of, yeah, like I feel like it's like even if you're not a kid or someone going back to school, it's like that time to reevaluate and readjust and and all of that as well. And I was actually journaling this morning of just like, what are the ways that like, I mean, I'm pretty good at my habits and routines, but like, what are some of like the things that like, I have set for myself that I want to finish off the year as like what are the things that I want to accomplish um, that I'm going to take the time to do in September and moving forward during that last half of the year so I want you to think about that yourself is you have four months of the year left what have you set out for yourself that maybe you haven't achieved yet or what are maybe it's also a great time to set some uh, new intentions for yourself of where do you want to be for the new year we often wait until the new year to go and you know whether it be work out or eat healthy or develop new habits and routines but why not start them now I always like to think to me September is like the pre-new year energy so I want you to think of that as well where where are you ready to be at just a little quick thought I had just before heading into this episode because, you know, you have a couple weeks to start thinking about that and start mentally preparing yourself as to what changes are you ready to start making to step into your highest and best version self. So my summer, a little life updates. My summer has been honestly super chill. I think I mentioned this before in some past episodes. I am back in Canada for the summer. Um... And it's been really nice. I feel like most summers I'm like really busy and all over the place. And this summer's been kind of the opposite of that. It's been, yeah, like super laid back. Um, honestly, just like super grounded. Uh, lots of time with family and seeing some of my closest friends. But it's been good. I feel like my nervous system has really, really enjoyed it because. I know that into the fall and into the winter again, I'll be I'll be taking off traveling. And when I say traveling, I've learned for myself that it is nice visiting different destinations and locations. But while I'm working, while I'm, yeah, I'd say while I'm working and just living, as much as traveling is amazing, it is really hard on the nervous system as well when you're bouncing around place to place. Uh, you're constantly living out of a suitcase. You are constantly packing up. You're, you don't really feel like you're in order uh, as much as traveling is amazing. You know, sometimes things happen. You miss flights or Airbnbs or locations aren't what they seem to be or just, just different kind of like troubles you go through. And as much as that is part of the adventure, I know for myself that you know, I'm down to do a little bit of new destinations, but for me, it's more so about getting settled in a new environment. I'm a reflector in human design and environment is everything for how I feel. And so for me, it's more so finding a place for at least like two, three months at a time 
that I can settle myself in. And I had a really good reminder of that uh, after I had left Tulum and went to Guatemala. Guatemala was amazing, but going there and then heading from Guatemala back to Canada, like there was a lot of travel things that happened. And again, it all worked out, but it was heavy on the nervous system. It was stressful. And that does take me out of like my flow, um, my work and things like that. So that's been a big reflection for me. But that being said, I am really excited to to head off again. I think right now, um, it's kind of nice because like everyone keeps asking like, what's your plan? What are you doing? And it's been nice not having 100% of a plan. Uh, my partner, Tony, and I, he was in the last podcast episode. We've done a couple together. You can check him out as well. He's super spiritual and has tons of knowledge to share as well. But um, both of us are feeling really called to go back to Mexico at this time. We were thinking a different destination, but I don't know. Tulum is still really calling me. Uh, for me, I think this summer has been amazing to be grounded, to be in nature, to just spend so much time with my family before leaving again. But what I found I loved about Tulum and I'm really missing and my soul is craving is Tulum, if, for a lot of people who don't know Tulum, it you can it's a big party location. There's a lot of that there. But then there's the other side of Tulum, which is like, I like to say like a spiritual Disneyland. I would say Tulum and Bali are the two places where I have felt like the most, my soul has felt the most content and at home because it's where I've been able to find the biggest community or not the biggest, but the most amazing connected community of like-minded people. And then also a space where you can find like, I mean, first of all, they're both energy portals. Like Bali is so rich in the Hindu culture for thousands of years. And then Tulum and Mexico in general, but Tulum is like very heavy in the Mayan culture. And like you feel it, like there's an energy there that I personally am called to. But there's also just so many like events and ceremonies and and things like that as well. And that's what I enjoy being around. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like Tulum is still is still a main one on the list. We've also been considering Bali. The biggest thing for me is the time change because it's from Canada. It's like a 12, 13 hour time difference. So working with clients and doing that, um, you know, that that's, that's a big one. I don't mind sometimes having some late nights working with clients, but again, I know that's a way that my nervous system is going to become deregulated if I'm feeling like stressed or tired or, or things like that. So I think Tulum will be the first and uh, there's ways that I've been kind of in the back of my mind feeling called to kind of set up my business so that I can go to Bali for a more extended period of time. But I think that'll be like, as I said, I want to be there for an extended period. So that'll be in the works. So that's like a little life update because I, I do get questions. I know people are curious and I'm, I'm happy to share. That being said, I'm also open to the magic. I'm also open to wherever else I'm guided. So I say that as like, that seems to be the plan right now, but we'll leave it open over the next couple months and, and see where life guides. And yeah, it's fun. It is fun. But today we're getting into another plant medicine episode. I've talked a bit about plant medicine in some past episodes. I did a full episode on my ayahuasca experience and other episodes. I've dropped some little things about plant medicine, but I've never done like a full plant medicine episode. So I feel like this will be a really good one. I felt inspired to do this. It's been in the back of my mind, but uh, yesterday we did an impromptu mushroom journey and it was amazing. And it's just reminding me that for a long time, it's what I hid. And then I started dabbling with it on a podcast and it continues coming back is that like, I have a very strong connection to plant medicine and it's something that I meant to can 
continue to share and just share my story and share the knowledge and I'm not saying to anyone that you need to do this or not to do it or anything like that I want to like put that as my little disclaimer is like this is me just sharing the information and if it resonates with you amazing and I would say that's like as I've been on my journey like for sure ayahuasca like it was three years ago if any of you follow like any spiritual like youtubers or people on social media like Aaron Doughty was a big one for me a few years ago, um, I, would, I used to listen to his YouTube videos every single day when he was putting them out daily. And about three, four years ago, he went to Rhythmia in Costa Rica and did an ayahuasca ceremony. And I remember him talking about it. And that was the first time I heard about ayahuasca. And I don't know, just a part of my soul knew that I would do ayahuasca someday. But I never went searching for it. I just knew that it it would happen. So I feel like, you know, as you're listening to me talk about this as well, if it's something that resonates with you, like amazing, just be open to it and trust that it'll come to you when when it's ready to. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I want to mention. And I'm going to kind of get like backtrack a little bit though before I get into like kind of what's been happening this year. I want to backtrack into my history with plant medicine. So I'm going to share a bit about my journey and my story. And then I'm going to get into some further stuff as well uh, for your own takeaways as things like deciding what medicine's right for you, doing it in a safe space, finding the right people to do it with, being in the right mental space, respecting the medicine, setting intentions, integrating all of that. So yeah, let's get started with that. So I feel like most people, cannabis, weed, whatever you want to call it, was definitely my gateway into it. And you hear people say it's a gateway drug and I would say it is, but it was like in the absolute best way, it was a gateway drug. But I definitely can say like in the early days, I definitely didn't consume it in the intentional way that I do now. I used to be a really big cannabis user Uh, in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s. uh, When I was in university, I dated a guy for like seven years and he was a big cannabis user. And so I started consuming it as well. And um, it became basically like a daily thing without intention. And just, that's just that's just what I did for quite a long time. Uh, but I would say from that, it, it made me more open to then try other things. And then that's where with him, uh, I tried mushrooms for the first time. We did that a few times. But again, it was it was in a non-intentional way in the way that I use it now but I have no regrets because it definitely like opened my mind in those early days and I went several years without touching mushrooms I still continued to use cannabis um in a non-intentional way but it kept me open and I can say about myself is I've always I've never been I mean I think whenever you take any kind of plant medicine maybe not weed maybe some people but for myself I've never been scared of weed but mushrooms I tend to I still do get a bit nervous because you don't always know what they're going to bring up I would say mushrooms actually now that I think of it I've been over the past couple years they don't really scare me um or like make me nervous ayahuasca going into it I'm so excited for the next time that I do it but I definitely know it's like it's a lot and you get you get a little nervous because it's the unexpected and um that's one thing I want to say is is a lot of people and this is like, there's no right or wrong to this. I'm not putting anyone down. Like I'm, I want to say I'm saying this episode just from my perspective and like truly without an ego attached, I just want to share this information. But I know a lot of people's egos get in the way that make them scared to do it because they're scared of what they might uncover about themselves. Because it does, any of these medicines they bring up shadows they bring up and even weed when people say that they get really anxious and worried on it it's because 
it's bringing like it if you have a lot of like things on your mind it might start making you think about these things more it might bring up some shadows and this is with all these different medicines uh so yeah so so know that whatever is coming forward well actually i'll get into this a little bit more when i talk about everything i'm getting a little sidetracked here so i'm gonna go a bit more into my story so as i said cannabis mushrooms were my two early ones that i tried in my early 20s in a non-intentional way then for several years um i didn't really touch them well i didn't touch mushrooms weed still kind of was just something that i was doing recreationally and um i mean for myself i can say weed does make me gives make me like super creative it gives me downloads like i know a lot of people say it makes them lazy i would say for me in a lot of situations it actually like makes me very productive but that being said i was using it almost as like a crutch i would say it was during covid that um i started using it a lot and it was almost to like block out like how i was feeling it would just be like it'd be like my reward almost like to make myself make myself like feel good and like i was still getting my work done so i'd be like it's okay like oh i'm not feeling motivated or productive okay i'll smoke some weed and do my work and get that done but i would say it was definitely blocking like my feelings and emotion of emotions of how i was feeling it was like covering it up so it's like you could really use it in like two different ways and it was about I guess like two years into you know no it was about one year into the whole COVID stuff I had been living alone working alone consuming a lot of weed and I had one day where I just like hit a breaking point I was like okay I like I can't do this anymore like I feel very lonely I feel overworked I as much as I am doing the inner work I'm also blocking a lot of stuff as well and just getting through it and I mean I think I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing because I think I had to hit a breaking point to make a change in my life um and I wouldn't say it came down to smoking weed it came down to a lot of life factors but I realized like I'm very dependent on it right now um I'm not fully happy in my life like the change needs to be made and that's last April when I decided to tell my parents like I realized I'm not happy I'm lonely like I need to move and I need to make a life change and yeah I just knew that I was was not in in good habits and routines and I was using it as a crutch around the time that the whole COVID stuff was happening too um that's actually when I got the call to work with mushrooms again and it all started it was June like end of May June 2020 and I went to a friend's cottage. Well, it was actually like a friend of a friend who I had like met. I went to his cottage and he was actually growing his own psilocybin mushrooms inside his home. He had like a whole like production um, and I was super, super interested in it because he was actually growing them. Um, he was drying them out. He was grinding them up and he was capping them into microdoses, which I thought was so cool. So that weekend, like I wanted to know every part of the process and it was really cool, like learning and understanding like how they were actually grown and that, that whole process of them. And during that weekend, we were doing a bit of partying. We were consuming some of the microdoses, but I'm someone who as soon as as soon as I consume even a microdose of mushrooms and a microdose is considered to be a between like a 0.1 and like maybe like a 0.3 grams in there so pretty small sometimes you can feel it a little bit sometimes you can feel it all depending on the amount I feel like if I take a 0.1 I I don't 
fully feel it in my body. I more so feel it in my mind. But if I'm taking like like a 0.2, 0.3, I'm feeling it a little bit more in my body. And I would say his were on the heavier side of microdoses. But people were drinking and consuming them. But I found as soon as I took a microdose, like my body completely rejected alcohol, which totally makes sense because mushrooms are a very, very high vibration. They're a high consciousness where alcohol is a very low vibration and low consciousness. And which is funny now because like now what is that like over two years later I I don't drink I don't drink alcohol and I only consume high consciousness plant medicine with a very intentional sense and again not putting anyone down not telling anyone they need to do anything again this is just my story but after that weekend I I was amazed by them and uh anyways he ended up giving me he, he had been consuming them as like a bit of a party thing but the reason why he started growing mushrooms is he had been doing his own research and for his own things he was working through he learned about the power of microdosing mushrooms for anxiety depression productivity like all different things and so he ended up giving me a round of microdose mushrooms to do a microdose round which there's a few different ways you can do it but he had told me do three days on three days off for a month so he gave me enough to do it for that month during that month I experienced just like a lot of amazing things I it really they really put me back into my feminine energy because you know as much as I was more so wanting to take them for motivation and mindset and staying focused there were days where the mushrooms were like you have to just like let them be you can't go in with an expectation because they're gonna give you what they what they know you need not what your ego thinks you need so there'd be a day where I'm like I'm gonna be super productive today I'm gonna get all this work done and the mushrooms were like Mm-mm, honey like you're being in your flowy feminine energy today and I'd actually end up wanting to like meditate or go for a walk or do more of like the feminine things where other days it would keep me really productive like I always say that with mushrooms or all plant medicine in general when you're doing it intentionally is like they always give you what you need not what you want so I did the one month microdose it was amazing and I just knew that there was something to mushrooms that were calling me then it was a few months later like in the fall of 2020 where I I guess throughout that summer I had done a bit more microdoses um like kind of more in like party situations but again for me I always found as soon as I took a microdose I wouldn't drink alcohol and I just really liked the connection I was building with them So then that fall, I ended up getting my hands on like a larger dose of mushrooms, like the dried mushrooms, and found this through a friend of a friend who actually over COVID went to Apprentice on this mushroom farm in BC. And they, my favorite strain is Golden Teacher. I literally like they're magical and like they're not just like some random ones that you get from like a random person. You don't really know where they're coming from. Like I, I always make sure that they're sourced very properly. So anyways, I ended up getting some and I was speaking to a friend who was interested, who's also very spiritual and uh, she was interested in in doing a journey and I hadn't done like a proper journey uh, since I was like probably like 23 years old. So I was like, yeah, like let's, let's do it. So we had set a date. Okay, this Friday we're going, I ordered them. We're like, okay, this Friday we're going to do them. Anyways, I get my order in the mail and they ended up giving me like a free gram for my first order <laughs> and I think it was like a Monday or like a Tuesday and for some reason my intuition was telling me like take this gram yourself and I don't, I'm not, I want to say with this, I don't recommend if you're not like an experienced user 
to just start taking mushrooms like on your own. You really have to listen to your intuition. I'm always about doing it safely. Again, I'm just telling my story and my intuition was telling me to. And I don't know, as I said, I just like, I have some kind of connection that I, I felt like it was okay to do it on my own in a safe space. I was in my condo and I set like intentions. And one thing I learned from this journey is so I knew to set an intention and I started writing in my journal like, 10 different intentions all these things I wanted to release all these things I wanted to let go of all these things I wanted to experience from this mushroom I can say it slapped me in the face <laughs> um it was probably the darkest experience I've ever experienced on mushrooms I don't yeah it was it was dark it was really scary but also I felt yeah well okay basically I took them and all I can say is it took my soul to what I was told is the lowest my soul will ever feel. So I was like, okay, well, if it can't feel any lower than this, then that's good. Um, yeah, it took me to a place that had to clear out a lot of shit. A lot of shit. It was a lot. It was a lot. That's all I have to say. So yeah, since then, I've never taken a larger dose myself. Although I feel now that I'm much more seasoned at it. I've done a lot of different plant medicine and also I understand now about not setting 7 million intentions because they will start clearing out all those intentions. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't do it in that sense again. But that being said, uh, it gave me what I needed. It gave me a big slap in the face and it really prompted my whole plant medicine journey and understanding and ways to properly do it. So later that week, I did it with a friend. I was a little nervous because of where it had taken me, but the lesson I got from that is, you know, set one intention and let it see where it takes you don't set 27 intentions like writing out a fucking journal page of everything that I wanted to release it's a process it's a process if you really want to do that you're going to get hit hard with it so anyways I did it with my friend and I was shown on that journey the reason why I had to be taken to that place and like it all made sense and the journey with her was amazing and when you do mushrooms like you always hear about like the psychedelic like crazy things you're seeing and all of that and here's what I have to say about it here's the understanding that I came to from those two first spiritual journeys of mushrooms that I did which was almost so it's like I can't really show you what I like where my hands are but it's like okay picture yourself like standing on earth then you elevate a little bit you take your mushrooms and it elevates you into this like silly psychedelic place and I feel like this is where a lot of people get on mushrooms who aren't doing it intentionally or aware of where it can take you it kind of puts you in this like in between like silly place but if you're doing it from an intentional spiritual sense and you're open to being sent to higher realms it actually takes you a level up higher where you actually I personally don't necessarily always like get into the psychedelic sense I feel like I'm taking a level higher to this higher consciousness which is I'm not doing a very good job describing it, but I feel it's like you're on like you're truly in like another dimension met with your higher self. So when you're taking it with intention, when you're taking it with from a place of, yeah, not just doing it as like a party thing, you get brought like a level higher on them is what I like to what I like to say. And then that's when you can really truly start meeting your higher self and you can start doing like the deeper inner work and learning work with the mushrooms and they're working with you. So I had about a six-month period. Yeah, it was about six months. It was about October 2020 until April 2021 where I did quite a few ceremonies. 
with a couple different friends who were open to doing it in the way that I liked doing it with intention uh, for our own growth and healing and things like that. I In my past life episode, I talked about this. So you can go back and listen to the full details. And I actually want to talk more about past lives in another episode because I've had more downloads come through. I feel like some of the things I said in that episode aren't my full truth anymore with it in the way that I've learned about it because they just it's what I keep learning keeps evolving but I still think if you're interested in past lives go listen but basically in December 2020 I did a ceremony with a friend and I wasn't expecting this at all but basically my past life my most recent past life Claire came through her name is Claire I died in 1975 at age 29 and at age 29 was where I met her and there was like it's a whole crazy story but basically I had to meet her to understand um, where my life is at now what my mission and purpose is and I had to meet her because I had to clear out a lot of her blocks in order to be able to fully step into my power in this lifetime and since then doing mushrooms I have met multiple past lives in ways that I'm not saying I'm special at all but I just know that For me, plant medicine and past lives are two major parts of my journey that I'm meant to be sharing more. And so I've I've gone very deep into both. A little side note with that is I know the timing hasn't come up yet, but I know that the next training that I am meant to do is the QHHT quantum hypnosis um, past life regression training um, that was founded by Dolores Cannon. She's no longer alive. She's like a past life like past life regression OG in the game and she also talks about the three waves which I talk about in my past life episode I would go check that if you're interested in any of this if any of this is resonating but now her daughter runs the program and I've been looking at it for about a year and a half or so um, but the timing just hasn't come up yet for me to actually dive in but I know that's my next training that and then working with plant medicine are like I know two things that are they're coming together as they're meant to so anyways yes mushrooms has given has given me a lot. I know I've just talked a lot about that. Um, so yeah, for about that six month period, I probably did maybe eight to nine ceremonies and learned a lot, grew a lot, clear a lot out, went through some heavy stuff, went through some light stuff, went through a lot of things, but it was always for my own growth and healing. And yeah, so then after that, I didn't touch them for quite a while in that time I it was after that last ceremony I did that I decided to bite the bullet move out of Toronto move back to my parents for a bit and have an environment change and I just knew my soul was calling me to move out of Canada for a while and that's when I moved in November of 2021 to Tulum Mexico and I was definitely guided there I didn't really it's kind of like what I'm saying like right now I don't really know where I'm fully gonna end up moving forward again I think it's going to be back to Tulum for a bit, but who knows? I kind of just like leave it open, but Tulum is where I was guided to. And obviously there was a big reason and purpose for so many reasons. Um, But I moved to Tulum. And one thing that was good about that was, as I said, from the two years of like COVID's crap, I, my relationship with cannabis was more so abusing it. I was reliant on it. I wasn't doing it in a spiritual sense or with intention. It was more so just like getting me through the day. But I was very functional. That's like the thing. Like I was very functional on it. But like I knew that that wasn't serving me. So when I moved to Mexico, I cut it off cold turkey and didn't touch it. I think in Mexico, I consumed it twice. First of all, I wasn't going to get into the whole thing of like being in a foreign country and buying it. And believe me, in Mexico, like 
there's people on the beach you can get access to anything you want but like to me that's sketchy I don't want to get myself into trouble so and I also just didn't want to be consuming it so I consumed it twice but my relationship was much different with it because I was doing it as more so relaxing enjoyment in a safe space and with more intention so that's where my that's where my abusing cannabis journey really ended and it's it's fully ended now like I see it in such a different light and I'll touch on that a little bit more as I continue this story because right now I'm kind of like yeah like kind of the start of this year is where I'm kind of at now so yeah so that was that was that then earlier this year well I had mentioned and previously that I had heard about ayahuasca a few years, like about three, four years before Aaron Doughty did it. He did it in Costa Rica. And I just knew that I would do it someday. But I always said to myself that I would do it when I got the invitation. I wouldn't go looking for it. It would have to come to me if it was meant for me. And I don't know. My higher self just like told me that. And I, I always felt that way. So when I was in Mexico, I like was open to doing plant medicine, but I wasn't trying to force any of it to come through and then it was in January I kind of went through like a dark night of the soul in January and as I was coming out of this dark night of the soul I was at a yoga class with a friend uh actually yeah I was at a yoga class with a friend well actually one of my other friends Mel actually I have a podcast episode that I need to put out with her that we recorded months ago I need to put that episode out because you'll love Mel if you're in the membership uh, we did a havening session with her and everyone loved her session. She's amazing. One of my closest friends now. She actually had an ayahuasca ceremony that she did. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And it got me thinking about ayahuasca. But again, I I wasn't going to be like, oh, like, can I join you on it or anything like that? Like, I knew that it would come through. But that's where ayahuasca started being more in my awareness. So Mel did a ceremony And then the next day I went to a yoga class and Mel was there and one of my friends, he mentioned how he was talking to Mel about ayahuasca because she had just done it and he had mentioned how he had done it about two months before and he was actually doing a ceremony the following week. And I was like, interesting, like that's cool. But again, I didn't, I was like, I've always been interested to do it, but I kind of just left it at that. I wasn't like trying to dig to get the invitation. I just kind of like let it be. And anyways, by after yoga, we always would sit and hang out at this like beach spot and we would just chill with like a group of people. And I don't know, by the end of the day, like hours later, the invitation came in. He was like, do you want to come do the ayahuasca ceremony with me? Like, I don't know I feel like I was meant to ask you and I was like in my head I'm like oh my god is this my invitation like I think it is and so I I said that to him I was like oh my gosh like I've been waiting for the invitation but I I didn't want to force it like let me sit with it for a little bit like 24 hours but like message the group that you do it with like um you you it's not that you have to be like invited in but kind of into this group and yeah if, if they say yes then then I'm I feel like I'm in but like give me till tomorrow to kind of decide but honestly my my gut was telling me as much as I was nervous my gut was like this is it like you're doing it so I was like okay if they say yes I'm gonna do it at the end of like this I think this was Sunday and it was like I think it was the following Saturday that we would do it so I was like all right like let's do this um so I did get invited in and I also want to say like first of all like mushrooms I've done on 
my own self-guided journeys. I'm not saying that's for everyone. That's just my personal experience. Ayahuasca, never do it on your own. Never do it unless it's a super legit group, unless it's with a proper shaman. Like ayahuasca is no joke and needs to be very respected. And I do not say that lightly. And also too, you have to make sure it's a very safe space because it sounds messed up, like, but like I've heard of situations with other people doing it in various groups where it wasn't a safe situation. Like you're doing it in a group of people and I mean, you're, you're, you're not in full control of your body and yourself and you need to make sure that it is a safe space if you know what I mean. And so that was really important for me that I was invited into a group that my friend had already done it in and also a bunch of his friends had done it with this group like many of many times. So I felt, I felt this was the, was the right um, situation for me. My intuition was telling me it was. So before doing ayahuasca, you have to do a proper prep they say to do the prep a little bit more than a week, but I only had like just under a week to do it. Uh, and each group will tell you slightly different things, but overall, you're not supposed to have sex for a couple weeks, which I was not having. So no sex because it's releasing life force energy that's really important to keep within you during the ceremony. You should be going plant-based and like no alcohol. And a few days leading up to it, I was told like no spicy food, no garlic, no onions, like... All these different things can affect it. And actually something I didn't know but it learned was uh, the day of your ceremony, don't have citrus. So no like lemon water or anything like that. They'll actually, if if you're in the ceremony and you actually need to like come off of it a little bit, they'll actually give you citrus to like stabilize you a bit. Because citrus for some reason like, I don't know, it must be like a chemical reaction with the ayahuasca. It, it makes the effects not as strong. So I did that. I guess I did it for like five days or so because that's all I had. But overall, I wasn't really drinking much um, and I eat pretty clean anyway. So I feel like that was okay for me. But if you're someone who's not on the cleanest lifestyle, you'll want to, I would say, probably do the cleanse a little bit longer. And obviously, like when I go into it next time, I'll have a bit more of a plan going into it. So I'll, 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 I'll do the full, the full time. Now, it was interesting. So I was doing the ayahuasca on the fr- the Saturday and on the Friday I came down with a full-blown fever. I felt awful. I had chills and I was like, oh my god, like I don't think I'm going to be able to do this ceremony. Like I'm so fucking sick. So I was messaging my friend who I was supposed to go to the ceremony with and I was like, I'm so sick. Like I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Like whatever and so again I put out to the universe like I'm like okay like the invitation came in like if I'm meant to do this I'm gonna do it but if I'm not then I guess like my time will come and I obviously was a little disappointed if that was the case but I just had to trust but there was a part of me telling me that this was my body kind of preparing and doing a bit of a purge before I even got there And it it really was. It's actually interesting because when I met um, my boyfriend, Tony, he had done a Cambo DMT ceremony for the first time about a week before we met. And he had the same thing happen. He got really, really sick like the day or two before doing his ceremony. Didn't think he could do it, but it was actually his body purging as well. So just know that 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 can be a normal thing that um, like the spirit, your body, your higher self knows that you're already going into it. And so it'll actually start preparing itself for the ceremony before. So the day of the ceremony comes, I'm like super weak. I hadn't eaten anything in like 36 hours. Like I was super weak. I was like, 
I don't know if I'm going to make it. And you always do ayahuasca at night. Like it's an overnight ceremony. And so I had like the day to kind of pull myself together. And I was like, honestly, it was like only a couple hours before where I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And like I was asking my pendulum. I was asking my higher self. And like as much as I felt awful, the fever had subsided. Um, I was just like weak, but it was like telling me like, no, like go do it. So it was interesting because I had a bit of a headache going into it. But when we got to the location to do the ayahuasca around 4 or 5 p.m., before you actually go in and do the ayahuasca, um, <clears throat> there's like a whole ceremony before and you do rapé, which um, I'd never done rapé before, but it's basically, again, done in a very ceremonial sense. It's like powder, it's like, it's like a powdered tobacco and they blow it up your nose. Um, and basically it gets blown up your nose and it goes through your crown chakra, your third eye, and it basically cleanses out like everything. And I can say it like fully removed my my headache. So we go in, we do that. There's a whole ceremony before, which I'm not going to get full into the details of because I would say like, I think that the ceremony itself is very sacred and there's parts of it that are meant to only be experienced when you're there and you you shouldn't have the full expectations going into it of what's going to happen but yeah it was good though so then around I don't know I want to say like seven eight o'clock we we drink the medicine um and and you're in it and I would say go back to my ayahuasca episode and listen but keep in mind with a grain of salt that I did that episode I think 24 hours after coming off of ayahuasca and the integration for ayahuasca took me about two weeks or so. Like I was coming off of it on like a high. I hadn't integrated yet. And that's something I want to talk about in this episode as well is like integration is everything. Yes, you can go do plant medicine. But if you're not integrating it properly, you're actually not getting that much out of it. Like you are, but you aren't. So that episode, keep in mind that, yeah, I hadn't fully integrated it yet. One thing I will say from that episode, I was talking about like ayahuasca showed me that I'm living my life purpose. All the healing work that I'm doing is what I'm meant to be doing. Like it showed me how it works and like at like a deeper level, like I'm doing everything. And I don't know when I listen back to it, it's not meant to come from an ego place at all. And I feel like some people could maybe perceive it as my ego coming out, but it did show me I'm living my purpose. It did show me that the healing work that I'm doing is the work that really does help clear trauma help clears out limiting beliefs it helps clear out these subconscious blocks that we have but that being said that doesn't mean it's come easy it doesn't mean it's rainbows and butterflies the integration has been interesting because there's after doing the ayahuasca there was parts of my business that that weren't working there was parts of it that weren't showing up and I actually got really frustrated because I'm like well I'm shown I'm living my purpose I'm shown this is what I'm meant to be doing but it's funny because we obviously still have some of our own limiting beliefs. We still have some of our own blocks. We still have our, we're still on our own journey that have to get ourselves there. So as much as I'm in true alignment, it doesn't mean that I still don't have, uh, even though I've done lots of my own limiting beliefs clearing and things like that, like we're always peeling off layers of the onion. And um, I would say it almost tripped me up a bit because it was like, yes, I am living my purpose. Yes, the work that I'm doing is exactly what I meant to be doing but like things still have to be refined I still have to believe in what I'm doing I still have to like you know xyz I still have to be taking that aligned action and that's where the integration process is really interesting because yeah it can be a little trippy because it's like you've been shown your potential you've been shown all these amazing things but then you're like okay but why isn't it showing up or how do I get myself there so 
I do want to say that as well as a follow-up from the other one. Like so many integration lessons were learned um, after and it can be really interesting. Like I can say for ayahuasca, for like two weeks after, it was really challenging for me to be in social settings um, unless it was with like a friend who gets it in this world. Like my friend Mel and I, because we both did ayahuasca like about a week apart, she was a really great support because we understood where each other were at where not that I don't love my other friends but I found it really hard to be around them because I was still like kind of like in the medicine and something else I want to mention on the ayahuasca is it does stay in your body for a bit after like um so I would go for about a week or two after I would go to bed at night and I'd wake up in the in the middle of the night like in these other dimensions that I had accessed while I was on the medicine like from the ceremony like I would be seeing these crazy fractals I would be I would like be in my bed but I would be like my eyes would be open I'd be physically in a different dimension it was wild it was wild but like I loved it like it was it was it was cool it was really cool um so yeah the integration you have to be really gentle with yourself the ego definitely wants to get in the way because you've been shown these amazing things or maybe you've been shown some challenging things and it's like okay I've been shown these things I've been shown what's possible I've shown what I need to do but am I actually going to put that into action and maybe it's forming better habits and routines maybe it's doing some deeper healing work maybe it's committing to yourself in a certain way maybe it's removing things from your life you actually have to do it like that's the thing the medicine does a lot of healing while you're on it it shows you a lot while you're on it but the integration is even more important because if you don't do those things it was kind of a useless ceremony not to say it was useless but kind of it was like it all comes down to you and your conscious sober state of what's actually going to change if that makes sense so it was after that ayahuasca experience also that I didn't really feel called to drink alcohol anymore. I think I only had maybe like two or three drinks after that. And that was, I did that in February and then it was early March. It was March, I think it was March 5th. That was a Saturday. That was the last drink that I had. And it was actually with my friend Mel. We had a beautiful like night and we had a, like a couple glasses of red wine as we were like doing our own ceremony. So even that was done in a very like ceremonial sense, but it was after that that I felt like I it just felt like I wasn't meant to drink anymore I was like mm, like I'm good um something really interesting too is that when you do I heard when you do ayahuasca that my intention going to ayahuasca was how can I open my heart chakra and I think I talked about in that episode it showed me I'd actually done the healing work from all the stuff that like I do an energy makeover I do with my clients like that work I was doing before my ayahuasca journey and I had actually opened up my heart chakra so it it actually just showed me what true unconditional love feels like and I was getting really frustrated after doing ayahuasca because I was like okay well like I've opened my heart chakra like when is this person going to come in I've been single for like three and a half years like I'm ready to meet my person like when's it going to happen and I didn't realize it until like recently that I did my ayahuasca on February 12th and I met my boyfriend Tony like our first hangout was March 12th 2020 exactly one month after doing the ayahuasca which was crazy like so interesting and I had heard before going to ayahuasca that when you do it people after either fall out of your lives or new people come into it so that could be like relationships like romantic ones or it could be just like soul aligned people so that was like really interesting and I do believe that that experience like I had done a fuck ton of my own inner work first sober inner work I want to say like I know I'm talking a lot about plant medicine but like in between that like 
I do a lot of my own work. I do a shit ton of personal work. That is one thing I can say about myself. I actually, um, one of my journal reflections today was I was curious of what I've actually invested in my own growth and healing and literally what I've invested in my own healing and growth and investments in my own trainings and and things like that to be doing this as a career and then also healing myself is literally the amount of a university like a four-year university degree if not more I've invested tens of thousands of dollars into this um so I I do want to say like yes plant medicine is a great tool but investing your own time and other things not to say you have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars but you have to be committed to the journey. Just the plant medicine can be a great tool, a great add-on, but you have to be willing to do your own work as well. Like I gave up a lot of nights going out. I gave up a lot of, you know, shopping and just like some of these other things, retail therapy that I was doing in order to invest in myself in other ways. And again, you don't have to invest thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, but you do have to invest your time. And you, I, I would say like, as the right guides and tools come into your life that feel aligned, do invest in what feels right. It's funny because like I feel like my university education was kind of useless to be honest um, where this money that I've spent in the last four, five, six years, I wakened 11 years ago but I would say the biggest part of my journey has been in the last like four, five, six years. That's been my true, my true education to be the person that I am now to be doing everything that I personally am now. Okay, so back to the plant medicine. So in April of this year, 2022, after meeting my boyfriend, he, so just before we met, as I mentioned, he did a Cambo DMT ceremony. I haven't done Cambo DMT yet. I know my time will come with that. To be honest, Cambo scares me a little bit. Um, It's one that I know I'm going to do, but I'm a little resistant to it. Cambo, you, I mean, ayahuasca, you, you purge I did pur- I always get asked did you purge on ayahuasca yes I did and that's what deters a lot of people from wanting to do it but I just want you to know that you you it's it's so different than like a being sick purge like like when your body's sick like this is an energetic purge like I was like get this fucking out of me get this shit out of me like my whole reality was collapsing before me all of my programmed beliefs from society like you have to go to school, get married, buy a house, have kids, and that's like the life that you have, and then you retire, like stuff like that. That whole reality was collapsing underneath me, and that was where my purge was coming from, like these don't have to be your truth. But Cambo is like a, is, is a lot like that as well, but I know I'm going to do it when the time is right, um, probably when I go back to Tulum. But anyways, through Tony, I got introduced to an amazing shaman who's in Tulum. He's actually going to come on the podcast, and we're going to do a whole episode as well. But I got introduced to him. His name is Socrates. And he facilitates, well, so first of all, he's from Mexico. He has been training with his grandfather, who's a shaman, since he was 12 years old. I think he started with peyote when he was 12, and he's worked with the medicines ever since. Like, he literally goes and he extracts, like, the bufo from the frog. He extracts the cambo from the toad. He, I might have got those two mixed up, but it's basically a frog and toad, which is cambo DMT. So I was talking to him, and I was like, I expressed my curiosity in doing or my interest in doing a ceremony with him and what I really liked about him was he'll actually come to your place like in Tulum and do a private ceremony with you I really liked that and so I expressed interest and I was like I let him know how I really enjoy mushrooms I really enjoyed ayahuasca 
so I'm not sure like what medicine you feel like is is best for me and I also want to mention my brother had also he came to Mexico and before I had worked with Socrates my brother actually did a Cambo DMT ceremony with him and to this day like my brother we know like my whole family notices a shift in him like my parents know that like we've done all this stuff and they're like they noticed when he came home like a massive shift in him and he even said like he's like I will 100% like it was intense but I'll 100% go back and and do it again so anyways after hearing um Tony having good experience with him my brother having good experience I was like all right like let's do this he ended up suggesting to me to do Jerema which I had never heard of before Drama. So I did a little research and um, each each plant medicine has its own consciousness. So the way he described it to me, because I asked him about it. So basically like ayahuasca is like the grandmother. It's a very loving, nurturing, feminine, wise energy. He said mushrooms are kind of like the children. They're a very like playful energy. And I find they actually bring up a lot of inner child stuff as well. Um, he, I forget what he said about Cambo and DMT I know he mentioned that peyote San Pedro is more like the grandfather masculine energy which I do want to experience at some point and then he's like but I think you're gonna really like drama because it's another very feminine energy and I never heard of drama and like even googling it there's very little information on drama so I was like okay like I don't really know what this is but I'm gonna trust that like he's guiding me to the right thing so I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it so anyways, Drama is very similar to ayahuasca. So ayahuasca is, the, is a combination of brewed tea, which is like a root and a vine from Peru. Drama is also a root um, from somewhere in South or Central America. I don't know exactly where, but it's a DMT containing root. You can steep it as a tea and drink it and it'll give you more of a journey experience like mushrooms and ayahuasca. Or you can vaporize it and smoke it and it becomes a much quicker experience, much like Cambo and DMT, where it lasts about 20 minutes or so. So I had always done more so like journey experiences that were laid out in much longer, but this one was a shorter one. It was crazy. I feel like I'm still processing that experience as I was so he creates a very safe space. As I said, he's a shaman. I would, again, another like another plant medicine that I would never do unless it's with like a super legit shaman. And again, this is why I'm going to have him on the podcast because he can talk so much about um, the respect and spiritual aspects of it and working with a shaman. And yeah, he's super legit. If anyone's ever in Tulum or going to Tulum and they're interested, like I can definitely pass along his uh, his contact as well. Um, but anyway, so the Jerema was crazy. I actually have a video of it. I should actually share it on my social media because he let me film it because I knew that I wanted to talk about it more and I knew that I wanted him to talk about it more too with my audience. Uh, we both have a similar mission that we want to share this more with the masses. So anyways, I take in it in. He's like, keep going, keep going. And I was like, basically, I'm sitting there on the ground, like on these cushions, like in my living room and he's having me breathe in the smoke and... The only way I can describe it is my eyes were open, but he I could still see the outline of him. I could see the outline of the window. I could see the outline of everything, but it all became like fractals. It was wild. Like it was all like flickering fractals. And before I knew it, I didn't even like my I was like in another consciousness. I was in another dimension. I was laying down and I was in like the fractals. Like I can't even describe it, but I just remember certain people in my life, certain situations were coming up and 
honestly it was very confusing I'm still a little confused by it and I don't know how long I was in like the fractals like it was a much different experience than like the journeys and downloads I received from from um like mushrooms and ayahuasca but basically once I came out of this like I don't even know where I was like this other dimension the thing that kept coming to me is the phrase everything and nothing and that's like where I was I was in this space of everything and nothing and it made me understand that life is literally everything and nothing like every situation that we go through is it means everything but it also means nothing in the big picture of things it's 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 a weird concept to understand it's funny because now that term comes into my life literally every day and actually when I go back to Tulum I'm quite certain um I'm actually gonna any tattoo that I have actually comes from like a download from plant medicine like I got the chakras tattooed on me on my wrist really small after um my ayahuasca journey and from the Drama one like I'm gonna actually get like a small like everything and nothing tattooed on me as well yeah so I feel like any tattoo I have is very intentional from like higher realms and dimensions they mean a lot to me but anyways I remember coming out of it and he was drumming and singing and uh like Socrates the shaman and he was blowing um sage at me cleansing away like whatever it was and I just remember opening my eyes being so confused and even saying to him like I'm so confused like what the fuck just happened like I didn't say what the fuck I was just like I'm so confused and he kept drumming and my consciousness started coming back into the room and that's when actually the downloads started flooding in of what my intention was and it was really sweet because um I had only known Tony for about a month at that time and at that point we were officially dating um but his energy just came in and he wasn't there at the time he had left and but I felt very safe with him and I just knew that there was something about him I mean I knew this before consciously but I just felt like he was a protector he was a very safe masculine energy and like that felt really nice and I was asking about some other things in my life and the message that just kept coming through was like love like love is the answer to everything and I know it sounds so basic my my ego kind of hated that answer being like oh of course you're gonna say that but it's like it's true like the vibration of love is related to the vibration of abundance it's related to really the vibration of everything if you can be in that vibration of self-love and just love for everything in your life that's when things really start shifting and changing so with the jurema um when you came come off of it the I mean, I still had to integrate, but I felt much more normal instantly after, like, you know, an hour or two after than I did from the ayahuasca. The ayahuasca was like, I had to like literally cancel clients for like a week and a half after doing the ayahuasca because like I was so fragile and had so much to integrate where the Jurema, I felt like, yeah, there was stuff to integrate, but I could go on with my regular life fairly quickly and I know that Tony and my brother both said with the Cambo DMT again there was obviously stuff to integrate but you could go on with your life very like you could go on and live regular life a bit not easier but kind of easier after than like the ayahuasca the ayahuasca is is a lot um so I would say with all those that yeah they're different experiences like you have the ones that are like these 20 minute experiences and like even like if you don't remember what happens, you're getting a lot of work done to and clearing done to on an energetic level. So trust that where I think I personally, I mean, again, I'm still open to try all these different ones as they, as they come to me and as I meant to, but I think I'm more of a journey person, which I know scares a lot of people, but I really enjoy the journeys where mushrooms, you know, they're a few hours. Uh, ayahuasca is many, many hours, but I find I just get a lot of information I get a lot of knowledge I get a lot of downloads I feel like I get stuff from my own growth and healing but what I've learned is I know for a fact 
especially ayahuasca and um, mushrooms is, yes, I'm supposed to work with them for my own growth and healing, but I'm supposed to use them as teachers. To me, they're teachers of messages that I'm supposed to continue sharing with the masses and with my own clients. Um, They have a lot of knowledge. So kind of going back to the alcohol thing of me stopping drinking again, I'm not saying anyone has to. This is my personal journey I'm just sharing, but I can say I did stop drinking because I feel like it took me further from the depths of my soul and from who I truly am. It's Yes, it's fun at the time, but... I feel crappy after. I get anxiety after. Um, it puts me more into my ego space. It makes me start making up stories about myself that aren't real. Where when I do plant medicine, I feel like it brings me back to the deepest depths of my soul. Some people are scared of what they might uncover, but I just want you to know that with whatever shadows come forward, they're the ones that are meant to be dealt with. And I, they only ever give you what you can handle. Yes, it might be some intense thing that you have to work through, but you always feel better after. I can always say like any heaviness that I've ever worked through, always feels better after and whatever comes forward is 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 meant for your own lessons growth and healing it's for your highest good it's for your growth and the other side is so freaking beautiful oh my gosh sorry my computer is dinging but yeah the healing from plant medicine really is what i have brought into my own work i learned a lot from the medicine and i just know that's part of my path to to pass it on uh i do want to get now into i feel like i might this might have to be a part two because it's getting kind of long but i do now want to get into like logistically like figuring out what's best for you doing in a safe space respecting the medicine um setting intentions all of that as well so i think that's going to go into part two the thing i kind of want to end off i guess this first part is something that i know is going to come for me and i don't know how it's going to come together because there is a lot of logistics there's a lot of like things but something that's calling my soul and i know it'll come in the right time is i know i'm meant to be sharing this more with others in a safe space and i do feel at some point i will be hosting some plant medicine retreats myself i don't know what medicine yet um i want to make sure it's done in a proper environment a safe environment and with a proper shaman as well i know that i'm able to facilitate some of it but i want it but like I'm not a shaman. I'm, I'm, I definitely am a medicine worker, but I am, I I want someone who is a legit shaman to be there. I think what my purpose is, is to bring people into this world, have them be open to it, to work with a shaman through the medicine. And I feel that my purpose is at like a retreat or a situation like this is to help people integrate after, because there's a lot that you're confused about. There's a lot of healing work to do. And, um, I feel like I have a very good understanding of that now and I do feel like that is part of my purpose. So, I mean, if you're someone who's interested in plant medicine, uh, I don't know. I don't know when this is going to come about. I know that divine timing is at play and I feel like it'll come together as it's meant to, but that is something that I really want to do in the future. So if you're someone who this interests, uh, we'll see. We'll see when it comes about. But yeah, I'm going to say that I'm going to go into a part two with this because So yeah, this is me sharing my journey and giving you an idea of what it can be like. Everyone's is different. Since this ended up being a really long episode, I'm going to put out a part two where I'll get into everything that you need to know to get started. Um, Yeah, from who to work with, how to integrate, and really everything in between. There were some questions sent in that I'd asked on my Instagram, so I'll be answering all of that and more coming soon.